Well, good morning and welcome back to the podcast. It has been well over a month and so we've really starved you from our content, imagining that uh, you're sort of desperate to be back and consume our ideas and thoughts and well we know how fond you are of everything we say and do so all seven of you. we wanted to yes all seven of you we wanted to give you seven a nice christmas present a nice a nice episode here so uh with that being said we have been following the story of david in israel recently and so if it's your first time here for this series let's catch you up to speed with a bit of background all right let's do it here we go so we have israel uh, and they have been a bad partner on the covenant with God. Uh, they disobey and are reckless. And worst of all, the people of Israel kind of treated God like a trophy mm-hmm. uh, or like a magic a tome, idol, yeah. a tome that you could just uh, cast and defeat the enemies or hold up. And it's like they're just gone and magically vanished. Like, like a relic almost. Yeah, like a you know, wand. <laughs> like a magic wand. You wave and say abracadabra or a... I'm gonna get him. Yeah, absolutely. And there it is. The Harry Potter's dead. Um, but we actually looked at uh, we actually looked at a time when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Israel was going into battle, and they lazily wheeled out the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, you know, not only did they lazily do it because they they were uh, they were given specific instructions on how to do it, and they didn't follow those. But anyways, they they wheeled it out into battle, and they just kind of sit it there and hope that God comes down uh, from heaven and yeah. his blessed seat. Yeah, that's, and it I would mean, magically win them the battle. That's and, his beloved ark. And you would think, yeah, oh, if the ark's out there, I got to defend it. I'm God. And yeah, just, not how it went. Yeah, he's just like, all right, you guys can leave it there. Yeah. Um, so they get wiped out and the ark gets taken. But the story goes on from there. <laughs> Israel later demands from God that they have a king appointed over them, just like all the other nations nations in the ancient Near East at that time. So upon making this request, what is implicit is that they are rejecting God from being the king over them. And so that's point in and of itself. But story goes on, Samuel uh, went out and got this guy named Saul, this tall, handsome guy who everyone would love because of how much he seemed like a king. Scripture tells us he was head and shoulders taller than everyone else. And so he just seems like this ideal physically imposing king. Uh, Come to find out that what it takes to be a king is having good character more than having big muscles or tall stature or being good looking. You know, as disappointing as that is for some of us, uh, you got to have good character if you want to be a good leader. Right. Sad, right? It's sad that you have to actually have good character. No amount of working out (laughs) in the gym is going to make you a good person or a good leader. So Sorry, all you gym heads, but it's not going to happen. So ultimately, Saul as king was a complete and utter failure uh, for the the nation of Israel. Uh, Once he got into, you know, his his groove, once he settled uh, into office, he became an abusive abusive tyrant um, who passed decrees such as no no one eating for the entire day. I'm nervy. No eating today. You can't eat because I don't feel well. Um, and yeah, so he, he would offer sacrifices to the Lord before a battle, a ritual that was only permitted to be carried out by a prophet, um, at that time and in yep. that day. And he deliberately disobeyed God's decree for the rules of engagement when attacking, uh, their enemies. Worst of all, uh, he became a power hungry fool, uh, who was terrified of losing his power or, uh, accepting any responsibility for yeah. his actions Maybe as king. Um, and so when it was all said and done, uh, Saul was pretty terrible. He was just 
awful. Yeah. And Israel needed a new king uh, who is a man after God's own heart. Uh, wink, very wink, nice. Wink. Roll credits. Very wink, nice. Wink, wink, wink. There, yes. <laughs> um, and so enter David, a shepherd boy who, while he may have lacked some of the physical stature that an imposing ancient Near Eastern king would have had, um, he more than made up for it with his unwavering fidelity to God and his radical humility in the face of his own mistakes. So eventually, God uses this David to kill Goliath, who surely you all know was a giant and an enemy of God's people. And from then on, basically all of Israel would just call David's name uh, from the streets. He was a superstar, super popular, most famous man in all of the kingdom, more famous even than Saul. Correct. And so this is kind of where we're going to pick up in our story, uh, where exactly uh, this leads to and how, how this uh, mm-hmm. unfolds. So mm-hmm. um, it gets really interesting after this. So remember how we said that Saul was power hungry and terrified of losing his power? Mm-hmm. Well, it's happening. Uh, once he <laughs> saw how popular David was becoming, he started to feel threatened. Um, and with good reason, yes. right? David is actually becoming people like powerful. David. Like he's, yeah, people actually like him. Um, and Saul starts to get bitter towards him. Um, and it's it's really starting to eat at Saul. Um, and so one day uh, when David is playing the harp for him, as he usually does, David, the mm-hmm. good servant that he is, yeah. um, Saul decides to just throw a spear at him. Yeah. Uh, the Bible literally says that a, a evil spirit rushed upon Saul and he, threw a spear at him, um, saying that he was going to pin him to the mm. to the wall. To kill him. To kill him, yeah. yeah. Um, David was luckily able to escape from Saul. Um, for the next bit of the story, Saul is continually just trying to have David arrested um, in secret. Um, but David is still able to continue to elude him because uh, of his relationship with Saul's son. Uh, kind of helps him out and pay, pays off to mm-hmm. yeah. to be best friends with, buds, the, yep. with the king's son, kind of know the ins and outs. That is funny, though. He's just like, hey, Jonathan, I want you to know I'm about to go kill David. So, yeah, just so we're all on the same page here. And Jonathan's like, okay, right. I'm going to okay, Dad. go to the bathroom. <laughs> be right back. David, you're going to Yo, David, whatever. My dad's trying to kill you. Be out. So, um, yeah. yeah. And so later again, uh, same thing. Saul gets kind of fed up and uh, with these secret attempts yeah. and it not working, and again tries to kill David in the same way. Right? He just throws a spear at him. Um, and it's like, all right, David's like, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I gotta go. Like, I can't be stand here and trying to do the right thing. Like, yeah. I, I let you kind of get away with it one time, but I can't. Like, it, it's no longer safe for me to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so David's on the run, uh, and he's on the run for a little bit. And there's a few stories which we'll probably touch on in the future, uh, but there's one story from this time that is critical, really, to the mm-hmm. lesson, and it's when um, Saul and his boys, his goons, yes. are, are looking for David, and, and Saul steps into a dark cave to relieve himself. Uh, he really got to go, man. When he's you gotta dropping go, weight. Yeah. When you got to go, you got to go. And uh, unbeknownst to him... Is that how you say that? Unbeknownst, unbeknownst. Yeah. Un, yeah. It's, it's got to be right. It's a weird word. Unbeknown. Is that one of those things that we say wrong, but we think yeah. we say right? I saw a meme about those. Anyways, um, 
Little did he know, unbeknownst to him, um, this is the very cave that David is hiding hiding in. Can you imagine him, David, realizing, oh, what is that smell? It's like, oh. That's Saul. Oh, Saul over there. Hey, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Saul. Right. Yes. And so uh, David sneaks up with Saul, uh, sneaks up on Saul, I should say, with a knife. And uh, he, he simply just cuts a section of his robe. Rather than killing him. Which, I mean, I don't think I could have did it. Like you said, I think the smell probably would have gotten me. Like, yeah. I'd have gotten coughed, close and be like, oh, oh, oh. like, and it would have been over. Like, <clears throat> You know that, but anyways, um, then Saul as he's he's you know going away and all this, uh, David calls to to him from the top of the mountains and informs him of what he could have done, yeah, um, but did not do, um, yeah. and that's kind of where our story ends. Like this is where we kind of we kind of stop and we want to uh, talk a little bit more about that before we move on to the next story of david next lesson so yeah very nice let's uh we have a few follow-up questions here that we wanted to share uh firstly it takes several explicit attempts by saul trying to kill david before david eventually decides all right i need to split out of town is there something to why david stuck around for so long um yeah uh it really kind of shows more of David's character. Like this is what we're talking about when we talk about David, right? We're talking about his character. Um, and he's certainly the type of person to be optimistic towards giving people a second chance, uh, particularly since he has made so many mistakes, right? Himself, yeah. Yeah, like he's a person that knows what it's like to make mistakes or he's going to at least, what foreshadowing, he's going to know what it's like to make a lot of mistakes. So he's giving people second chances kind of like preemptively knowing that yeah. he himself is going to need those as well. It's like, yeah, he's, he's so quick to give the benefit of the doubt. Almost. Right. Um, and let's be honest, how much would it take for you to, <laughs> to, to run away from your home? Like, yeah. <laughs> leave, like it's it, like leaving your home. Is yeah. Like think about when you're, you were in college or high school and you're, you're moving out. Like you, it's, Yeah, like if someone tried to kill me, I wouldn't move out of the country. Yeah. You know, like it's just like running away is a big deal. Yeah. like And David, why don't you run away? It's like, I don't want to run away. Yeah, he's standing his ground for as long as he can until it's like, all right, this is actually unbearable. You know, like you think you think about your house, like just because there's a hurricane coming, you don't move yeah, to run. a different yeah. country <laughs> like you just go okay i'm gonna board up the house i'm gonna stay here i'll be fine i'll be all right and that's kind of what david's doing i'm boarding up i'm doing doing it i'll be all right but it kind of gets a little bit dangerous he's just yeah. like all right i can't anymore all right one thing we didn't really get into in the recap was that saul did a lot of things besides trying to kill david he offered to let david marry his daughter he made him like the chief warrior, chief soldier in the military. And so one second he's trying to kill David. The next second he's honoring him by having him marry his daughter. Then he kills him and tries to kill him again. And then he honors him by making him a high status in the military. What is going on here? Um, there's a lot going on, right? Uh, first, that he wants to be able to be in control of what David does. Because if he's in control of what David does, David's not going to do anything that is yeah. going to make himself like him more popular. Yeah. Right. So if I control David, I control how popular he is. 
Uh, I think that's the first point. And he, he doesn't care about his daughter. Yeah. Like, uh, that's Saul is not so, the sentimental king. Yeah, he doesn't care no, about he his doesn't, daughter. He being just lost. simply wanted to be able to say that David is his, his son-in-law, and so he could give him orders. Yeah. Um, and then he sent him in the battle because he wanted him to be killed by the enemies, right? He If I send him out, I no longer have to go out, and yeah. it solves my David problem. Yeah. One, I'm the king. Now I'm safe. And two, David's going to die, and he's no he can't be popular when he's dead. Yeah. So you think, because, I mean... Time has proven that people actually get more popular when yeah, they die. Well, wink, wink, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, wink, wink. A lot. I mean, you know, you become a martyr. You become like, history at that point, and people start to admire your work more. So when you're dead, but regardless, Saul's not a very smart person, as we've seen. Um, and Saul wasn't extending an olive branch by doing that. He was just plotting against yeah, him this so, whole time. Everything he's doing is just plotting against David. Whether right. it's giving up his wife or his daughter to become David's wife, whether it's um, whatever, I mean, anything that, he, that Saul's doing, it's all to make David. Yeah, control uh, David. Yeah, Defeat David. control, right. Okay. Uh, Saul has family members that continue to side with David. So we mentioned Jonathan. Right. And we just alluded to his daughter, Michael, who, after getting married to David, is basically on David's side and has turned against Saul. Right. She loves him. Okay. It's, How it's does good. this keep happening? Um, this is a theme throughout the entire kind of David versus Saul story that people who are loyal to Saul begin to see his shortcomings and are seemingly won over by David being a genuinely likable guy and a man uh, of the people. So he's the people's choice yeah. and people are kind of starting to see through like even his own family is like turning on him. Mm, yeah. yeah, you're. You're Dude, not a good is, guy. Like, yeah, what is wrong with you? Like his own, like that's when it's bad, right? When your friends and family start to see it, that's when it's real bad. Because you, you, you would think your friends and family are always trying to look out for you and like have your, like, and, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt and you know stick up for you because it's like, yeah, man, family, family, as uh, Dominic Toretto would famously say. But family. his own family is like, mm, yeah. I know this guy is not good. David, you're a good guy. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. So, interesting. Yep. All right. Saul had uh, quite a few attempts on David's life in the story here. And if we're being honest, David would have only needed one chance, one attempt to kill Saul. Yeah. Heck yeah. For sure. Right. David, David killed bears. Right. He murdered Goliath. Goliath. Right. With... <laughs> A freaking sling and a rock, like it, for sure, right? David could have killed Saul at any point. In fact, most of the attempts on David's life leave Saul vulnerable to being killed by David. So it's like he throws a spear, and now Saul is without a spear. There's no weapon. <laughs> so it's like and he's in a room alone with David. Take it out of who the has wall. Has a spear, yeah. <laughs> and use it to kill him. Like it, it it's that easy. I mean, like it, that's it. It really shows that David had a lot of control. Um, to not retaliate because any of us would have did that, right? Like, yeah. it's like, okay, you tried to stab me, like, out of, not even out of anger, out of self-defense, you would have tried to fight back. Like, it's the fight or flight. Like, yeah. most people in that instance would have chose to fight back, especially people like David. David's yeah. a capable yeah. Yeah. man a warrior. who can fight. Like, he's not some 
you know, punk who's just like, ah, yeah, afraid of everything. Oh, you it's got like, me. Yeah. No, he's been in battle before, so his instincts would have been like, all right, bet, like, let's go. Mm -hmm. But he's, you know, very con uh, conscious of like, all right, this is not the right thing to do. This is not going to speak. What God wants. My yeah, this is not what God wants. I'm yeah. going to flee because it's a better opportunity for me. Yeah. Okay. So in that vein, the story of David sneaking up on Saul in the cave and him sparing Saul's life. Why is that so critical to David's character in this story? Um, David knows that God has promised him the throne. Right, that's a, mm -hmm. he's a shoe in. He mm -hmm. knows this. He's getting it. So even though it seems like that will never happen, and Saul has to run him out of the kingdom, if David really wants to be king, like God said, like God said he would, it would seem like the only way he's gonna get get that is to is to kill the king himself and usurp yeah. the throne. Yeah. Um, for David to kill Saul is for David to take matters into his own hands, to desperately try to be in control uh, of his own outcomes as opposed to simply trusting God uh, and trusting that uh, yeah. God will fulfill his promise. Right. And for David to not radically trust God in this way is simply not his character, right? It, it just, it's not. Um, and we've seen that through and through. And that's what makes him the perfect choice for Israel as their new king. David's selection is not based on his physical appearance um, or his family or his bloodline or status or any of that. It's yep. uh, instead based on his radical trust in God um, and the God of Israel yep. and that God will uh, do the right thing. God will make the right choice. Yeah. That's just such a tough situation to be put in. And this happens in the Bible often where God makes a promise. He says, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do for you. And then your circumstances lead to like, there's no way. Yeah, it, I'm they, 90 years old. Like, there's no way you're giving my wife a can't son. Happen this way. God, uh, Saul is the king, and he has a son, and he's run me out of town. Like, there's no way this ends where I am on the throne yeah. unless I want to kill him and do it myself. But yeah. God, David has yeah. better faith than I because he trusts that God will figure out a way right. to make him king. So yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the three themes for a sec. Three themes are that despite human evil, God is at work. God has promised he will raise up a messianic king. And God opposes the proud and exalts the humble. Would you address how each of those themes are present in this episode? For sure. So Saul's reign as king really encapsulates Israel and ultimately uh, the world's, right? Um, uh, their selfishness. They're in insolence. Uh, ah, I can't say that word. Insolence. insolence. Yeah, insolence. Yeah. I said it right. Wow, I'm tripping. Um, and Saul pursues his own interests at the cost of what is moral and right and at the cost of what God desires for the world and yeah. his people. So there's evil in the world and it's Saul. Saul represents- Saul is evil. Saul represents what the world does that's evil and right. selfish. It, right. Yeah. So that's yeah. one. Uh, let's see, two, the promise of the Messianic king will come through David's line. So the entire narrative of how David takes the throne is critical to the deliverance of that promise. If Jesus would one day become the eternal king of Israel, it doesn't look good uh, if his claim to the throne is through the lineage of a usurper. Yeah, right? I mean, we talked about that. Right. Before. Like if 
it's just through this guy who murders his way through the top. It just it it's not a good look. Right. People will go back and look through and say, "Oh wait, this is like the Jesus came through this guy. This guy was just as yeah. evil as everybody else." Um, but yeah. no, it has to come through a guy who's pure in heart, who's trusting of God. Um, you know, has good characteristics. And then. Yeah. Finally, David's decision to patiently wait out Saul instead of taking matters to his own hand deliberately contributed to the deliverance of God's messianic promise. We talked about that. Yeah. Lastly, the entire story to this point has repeatedly demonstrated episodes where a proud party gets humiliated or defeated. Israel proudly wheels their ark mm -hmm. out into the battle. They get freaking wrecked, smoked. They get, they get clapped. Like, just stomped into the ground. Goliath proudly mocks God, right? Uh, and he gets, he, and he gets <laughs> capped, right? He literally gets capped. Yeah. Like he, they take a sword and cut his head off. Yeah. Um, and then Saul like proudly rules as a tyrannical dictator and mm -hmm. has his kingdom just straight taken from him yep. by what seems to be some chump, right? Yeah. Well, that's what he some thinks. Little of. kid, yeah, some, some kid, yeah. yeah like it's not whole, it's not nose, whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Um, well, with all that being said, how is David's humility? in contrast to that kind of um, proud, prideful behavior that we're discussing. It, How a, is it on display here? It's a combination of all the things that we've said, right? His willingness to obey God, his patience towards Saul's wickedness and his decision to trust God's promises and his plan, despite how chaotic and dangerous his life has become, right? His, like quickly, his life is just changed. Turned to, upside down. Like, you know, one day he's living in the palace. He's living the dream, serving the king, doing his thing. Oh, that rhymes, uh, right? And then serving the king, doing my thing. Man. And I'm gonna then start saying that. now Kenny's gonna love that. Talking about some king Jesus king. serving the king, doing serving my thing. The king, doing the thing, bro. Put him on. Put him on. Put. We should put it on t-shirt the whole nine. And then now he's in the cave and freaking in the poop cave, right? Hiding. Fleeing for his life. It's, it's crazy. Like people were worship, and all this time people are actually worshiping him still, right? People yeah. are still talking about David. He's and still how, the talk of town. Yeah, he's still the talk of town, but he's on the run. He's he's gonna die. And Saul has so many resources, and yeah, you know, it's it, tough. That's why it's yeah. That's why it's so tough because like Saul is still powerful in in some ways so all right any uh final closing thoughts here as we wrap up the episode mike um no i i think just there's still so much to uncover from yeah. david uh and there's so much that we're going to dive deeper into um some parallels that we magically just not magically came up with yeah, like but... we've never foreseen before uh you know, doing this series that we'll talk about hopefully in future yeah. episodes. Um, yeah. So we're excited. Yeah, man. This this section of David's life is one of my favorites. Everyone knows the story of David and Goliath. Yeah. Everyone knows most of the stories when David's king. But like these episodes where David's on the run is who you're really seeing who he is. Yeah. Behind, you know, your integrity is really shown when you're under pressure and the person who David is really comes to life and it's some, it's, he's admirable and he's someone we should seek to be more like. So with that being said, thank you all for listening. And, you know, from us here at Sanford, we hope y'all you're all safe and you're all healthy 
and that this season you have time with your loved ones. We hope God's blessing is upon your houses and that God might continue to grant us all life and joy as we seek to serve him and make this world more like his home. Yep. And so, you know, we just want to say one last thing. We hope you what have is a it? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thank you.